Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Start your engine! For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there and have a good day, all right, buddy? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. We're back. Welcome to the 2020 season of WGR's Fast Track here on WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm Dave Buchanan. I'm thrilled to be back. Season 14 of the program. Unbelievable that uh, they still let me do this. I'm still getting away with this for uh, 14 years. Uh, We're back for our 2020 season here. The football season has gone to bed. Well, the NFL football season has gone to bed. I know a lot of people watching the XFL yesterday, but uh, the NFL season is over with. The Kansas City Chiefs are your Super Bowl champions. The Bills did make it to the playoffs this year, but we are back and we'll be with you from now until... The start of the next football season in the NFL is we occupy your Sundays here on WGR Sports Radio 550 each and every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For those of you not familiar with the program, again, my name is Dave Buchanan, a, I guess, former employee here at WGR Sports Radio 550, and uh, I have a love for motorsports, uh, both national motorsports, NASCAR, IndyCar, drag racing, and local motorsports. I work in... Uh, at uh, Ranceville Speedway, worked at Lancaster Speedway, worked at a lot of area tracks as a track announcer and a public relations person. So I love, that is my passion in life. And so 14 years ago, I talked the bosses into letting me have this hour of time to talk about my favorite sport with you here on WGR Sports Radio 550. We've been doing that for 14 years. So if you are a race fan of any kind, hope you will tune in uh, each and every Sunday and join us. Uh, our big focus on this program is NASCAR, but we aren't afraid to cover any form of motorsports, uh, IndyCar, NHRA, as I said. Uh, we've had uh, sports car drivers, motorcycle racers on the program throughout the years, and local racing. We have a lot of local drivers, local race promoters on throughout the season as well, more so as the you know snow melts and things warm up around here in western New York and southern Ontario. So as we get closer to the local racing season in late April and early May, we'll start to talk more about that and uh, have personalities on from the local racing scene as well, too. But a big part of this program is you race fans out there, because I want to talk to you at 803-0551-888-550-2550 if you want to join in here on this season premiere of Fast Track. And real simple this morning, what are you looking forward to this season? The uh, new season of racing is upon us. You've got uh, NASCAR and Daytona in uh, Speed Weeks in full song right now going down in southern Florida. You've got, as Mike said in the update, pole qualifying for the Daytona. Tona 500 today. You've got the Bush Clash, which is the annual you know preseason exhibition All Star race that's coming up at three o'clock this afternoon. You have the Arca race yesterday. Uh, all the local short tracks that are part of Speed Weeks are underway as well too. You've got uh, the pavement stuff at New Smyrna. You've got the dirt stuff at Volusia and All Tech Raceway, uh, and that really gets going here over the next few days with the World of Outlaws, uh, the Sprint Cars, Late Models, the Super Dirt Car, Big Block Modifieds. 
And also, as I said, New Smyrna, a lot of modified teams from uh, Western and Central New York have made the trek down there as well, too. So we'll be keeping an eye on our local drivers that are already uh, off and running in South Florida as well as part of Speed Week. So you've got that going on over on the West Coast, NHRA, the Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series. They're firing up this weekend. The annual tradition for NHRA, the Winter Nationals out at Pomona, that is going on right now or will be in a few hours. They've had some weather out there in California. Uh, but eliminations, uh, Sunday activities at the Strip there. Uh, we're supposed to get started at 10 a.m. Pacific, I believe. So that is going on as well, too. So you've got the National uh, Motorsports Year getting off to a start this weekend. We're three months away from local racing season. But what are you looking forward to here in this 2020 racing season as things start to fire up here uh, it, with uh, motorsports as the uh, the, foot, the NFL season has uh, gone to bed? Well, at least the on-field part of it. So again, 803 uh, We're on Facebook, too, facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track. That's our home there. You can also tweet me. I'm on Twitter uh, at Fast Track 550. Send your tweets there as well, too. And uh, we can communicate through social media as well and bring up any points uh, that you want to talk about as well that way. But again, love to hear from you at 803-0551-888-550-2550. Coming up on today's program in less than 10 minutes, we're going to talk about probably my f- favorite story in national in NASCAR from last season, and that is Stuart Friesen in the, in the NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series, the driver from Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, who now lives out in Sprakers, New York. Uh, grew up at Ransomville in Lancaster when his families owned the facilities. Uh, went from a uh, tr- running the lap counter at Lancaster and racing go-karts at Ransomville to becoming quite a dirt-modified driver. And then uh, along with uh, his uh, Hallmark Friesen racing team, getting started in the NASCAR Truck Series just a few seasons ago. And last year had his best year to date in the Truck Series, winning his first two races, including uh, one on dirt at Eldora and then winning the uh, the final race before the championship at Phoenix last year. Had a chance to go for the Truck Series championship at Homestead last year. Did not get there, but still his best season with two wins. And uh, Stewart uh, already making plans for 2020. They're switching from Chevrolet to Toyota this season. They've got their own race shop now. They had been working um, with uh, the GMS racing folks, and now they are partnered up with Toyota, and they're going to get some of the same equipment that uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports gets. So another big year coming up for Stuart Friesen, and Stuart's going to join us live from Florida at about quarter past the hour here on our premiere of Fast Track, so at 11.15. So I have not had a chance to talk to Stuart um, over the phone or in person or anything since the end of last season and since he won those two races, so really looking forward to hearing what he's uh, got to say. And uh, he's already off to a good start in speed weeks. He actually won a pair of races on Friday night at the Alltech Raceway in Florida, uh, the Short Track Super Series Dirt Modified Racing. Uh, they were supposed to run Thursday night, got rained out, so they had double features on Friday, and he won them both. So he's off to a good start on the dirt stuff, and of course he'll be behind the wheel of the Hallmark Friesen Racing Toyota Tundra this Friday night for the annual uh, Truck Series race at Daytona as part of Speed Weeks. So again, looking forward to talking to Stu at 11.15. But let's go to the phones already. Bryn in St. Catharines, you are our first caller of the year. Bryn, good morning. Actually, it's Lynn, but that's close enough. Sorry about that. Lynn, how are you? Uh, like I was telling your uh, producer, their call screener, you don't want to know how many calendars are X'd off in my apartment waiting, counting down. <laughs> just football, hockey, everything else just to fill in the time. Right. Because books and movies don't do it. <laughs> out the window and I'm thinking, damn, I want to go racing. Right. <laughs> 
but my Niners lost. We thought, you know, somebody over here on my side of the border put the curse on them. I see. Yeah, we won't go into into that into that. Well, they still have more Super Bowl wins than the Bills. But what do you, what are you uh, looking forward to for this season? Everything. <laughs> Anything in particular? Who's your? What's the driver you pull for? Well, right now I was so happy that Matt Benedetto got a ride last year for this year. Yeah, that is. Yeah, Matt's going to be driving for the Wood Brothers this season, and uh, oh, the Wood Brothers! I remember way back when. Yeah, the twenty-one team, of course, and uh, you know that's they're partnered up with Penske, so a, a lot of people are really excited about Matty D this year. Oh, I know because when he got bounced, I I was so po'd. I sent an email off to a friend. <laughs> Couple weeks later, oh, guess what? He, he reads my letter and he says, "You know what? You don't have to worry. He's got a ride." Well, yeah. yeah if I'd have checked my email, I would have seen what NASCAR had sent me. But <laughs> I only go once a week to the library. You only get an hour. You want to know how much NASCAR stuff I get? A lot, I bet. Oh, I'm onto anything that will take my email. <laughs> <laughs> because let's face it, I, I don't even search British newspapers for racing news. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, I'm a sports junkie. Yeah. I can't help it. Yeah. Uh, it's either that or I have to listen to talk radio, and I don't like people like Rush Limbaugh. Okay. Ants, but yeah. All right. Well, Lynn, thanks for calling in. Thanks for being our first call of the year, and uh, good luck to your guy, Matt DiBenedetto, this season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because uh, the guy deserves a good break. That's he does. More than deserve it, but not at the expense of my guy. All right. Take care, Lynn. Okay. All right, Lynn, thank you for calling in. 803-0551-888-550-2550. Yeah, Matt DiBenedetto switching teams. One of the big stories uh, going into the 2020 season, there really wasn't a ton of driver changes um, compared to most years. The crew chief changes, we'll pro- talk more about this in the second segment. Uh, there are so many crew chief changes this year. Out of the, I think it's, I saw the stat during practice yesterday, out of the 43 teams entered into the Daytona 500, and of course only 40 will start the race next Sunday, but out of those 43 teams, 20, almost half of the field, is our new uh, driver crew chief pairings. There's a lot of changes uh, during the offseason with crew, crew chiefs, and it seemed a lot more than usual. The driver changes, not so much. The Matt DiBenedetto thing, one of the big things uh, going into this year, uh, there was, a, of course, he performed really well last year with the 95 team, the Levine Family Racing team, which has a little bit of relationship with Joe Gibbs Racing, and that partnership's strengthened this year for the 95 car because now Christopher Bell, who is one of uh, JGR's hot prospects, he is taking over the 95 car. So there's going to be more data sharing and more stuff going to the 95 team than there was even last year compared to when DeBetadetto was driving for them. So with an official JGR prospect in the 95 car, you know, so look for that team to to step up. And, of course, uh, Seabell, one of the uh, three big rookies that are going to be in NASCAR this season. The big three, as they were called last year in the Xfinity Series, uh, with Tyler Reddick and Cole Custer, who won the majority of the races last year. All three of those young drivers are in the Cup Series this year, and it's one of the hottest rookie classes, most promising rookie classes the Cup Series has had in quite some time. You know, last few years we've had one or two guys. You know, last year there was two with Daniel Hemrick and Ryan Priest. Um, you know, there hasn't been a, a an influential rookie class outside of maybe William Byron over the last few seasons. But this year, uh, with these three guys coming up, you're going to have Seabell uh, in the 95. You're going to have Reddick in the second RCR car. He's the new teammate for Austin Dillon this year and unfortunately cost Daniel Hemrick his Cup Series ride. But uh, Reddick, the two-time reigning Xfinity Series champion, kind of deserved it. And then Cole Custer, who is taking over the 41 car over for Stuart Haas Racing, which cost uh, Daniel Suarez his ride there with uh, SHR. 
uh, helps that Cole Custer's dad, Joe Custer, kind of is one of the guys in charge over at Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, he will be the fourth driver, uh, you know, joining the the team of veterans over there at uh, Stuart Haas Racing, along with you know guys like Kevin Harvick and Clint Boyer, of course, uh, as part of the operation there at Stuart Haas Racing. And uh, Eric Almirola, the of course the other driver over there at Stuart Haas Racing. So a big, promising rookie class, and that led to some of the other driver changes that went on during the off season. Uh, luckily, Daniel Suarez just found a ride in the last couple of weeks. He's going to drive for uh, Gaunt Brothers Racing, the '96 car, which was you know a, a part-time team. Uh, DJ Kennington out of Canada was one of the guys that have driven for them as of late. Luckily for Daniel Suarez, he brings some sponsorship clout with him because he had deals with Coca-Cola. And that Eris Corporation that sponsored him uh, a lot, especially when he was at Joe Gibbs Racing. So there's some money behind him. And on top of that, Toyota is getting invested in that deal as well, too. So that should help the the small 96 Gaunt Brothers racing team out with some added investment from Toyota on top of Daniel bringing some sponsorship money with them. You know, it, there's probably not going to be a, a threat to maybe make the playoffs this season, but it keeps Daniel Suarez in the Cup Series Um He's you know, a former uh, Xfinity Series champion, a, a talented young driver, just had some weird breaks g- both go his way and not go his way. You know, like when Carl Edwards retired and he got put in the 19 car, that kind of went his way. But then this whole Cole Custer thing, you know, costing him a ride at Stuart Haas, it was funny how uh, things kind of worked out for him. And uh, I'm glad to see... Uh, you know he was in the he's back in the cup series maybe not a top level team but uh, Daniel seems like a great kid he uh, of course has ties to Western New York if you haven't heard the story before uh, driving for Troy Williams in the old uh, NASCAR Bush North KNE series when he uh, first came to America after starting his career in Mexico drove for Troy Williams spent his first winter here in Western New York and got to learn what snow was all about so that's a, a great story we've talked to Daniel about that and we've had Troy Williams on the program in the past as well. Right now, though, we're going to go to the Western Hotline and bring in the driver of the number 52 Hallmar Friesen Racing Toyota on the Gander Outdoor Truck Series. Two-time series winner Stuart Friesen joins us on the line. Stuart, how are things in Florida this morning? Good morning, my friend. How are you? Yeah, good morning, Dave. <clears throat> Thanks for having me on. Uh, uh, the weather's starting to warm up. Oh, yeah, because it's so cold in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I just shoveled my driveway this morning, man. No, none of that here. I mean, it was a little chilly the last couple of days, um, you know, at Alltech, but uh, it's, it's it's warming up on the beach now. Well, first off, I know you're focused on, on your 2020 season, but I just want to go back to last year. First off, and just say congratulations now that I'm talking to you here in person. Congratulations on a great 2019 season, your first two wins in the Truck Series, going for the championship last year at Homestead. Just real quick, now that you've had an off season to think about how last season went, just what do you feel about looking back on that last year? Yeah, it was uh, it was a good year for us. Um, you know, it was a validating year, mm-hmm. uh, getting our first win at, at Eldora on the dirt, and then you know finally getting our first uh, pavement win at Phoenix was uh, was awesome for the race team. It was great for Halmar, um, Trip Bruce, everybody involved, and um, you know just just a really validating season. And, and uh, you know it was really cool to, to have a chance to run for the championship at Homestead. The way the year was going, you, you started out strong. You know, you led the points for a couple of weeks, and you were you were you know your mile and a half package was great. You were knocking on the door for the win. And then there was the the thing at uh, Kansas or Kentucky when NASCAR confiscated the truck, but you still managed to finish second. And then you went to Pocono, started on the pole, and but crashed out on the opening lap. And how were you feeling there, leaving Pocono and going into Eldora? Did, did that were you bothered at all? How those yeah, last the, couple of weeks kind of went? Yeah, it was tough. You know, um, we had some good speed at Pocono. 
And then I just, you know, made a bad decision on the first lap to try to get right to the lead and didn't work out. And um, it was it was a tough ride home. You know, Pocono's only about three and a half hours from, from where Jess and I live in, uh, you know, just outside Albany, New York now. So yeah, um, we'd had a motor home down there and driving it home to, to get back to run Fonda that night. Um, you know, there was, there was definitely a lot of soul searching going on. So uh, Jess, between Jess and Trip Bruce, Trip Bruce uh, my crew chief, and, and a lot of friends and family, Chris Larson, uh, my boss, you know, kind of talked me down and we just kind of focused on Eldora and going to, to have a good time and not put pressure on us and went to Eldora and just, just had a blast. You know, it was just a lot of fun. It was it was a good couple of days, you know, racing there. And, um, you know, that was what it was all about. We put the fun back into it and we were able to get a win. Yeah, so but kind of Eldora, it wasn't a must win, but just winning that race maybe kind of got you back on the right track for the second half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. It was a big morale boost for the, the whole team. You know, obviously being a dirt track guy and, and, and you know, that race at Eldora is, is why we're in the truck series. So. Sure. You know, being close a couple times, you know, a second and a third, and then going there and finally winning the race, it just kind of really checked that box and, and lifted everybody up to, to push for the last part of the season. And then the playoffs, uh, of course, just to make the playoffs was you know, so many guys were winning, and, and you managed to make your way into the playoffs last year, and then and then uh, getting the win at Phoenix. What was the the biggest thing you learned in, in trying to make the playoffs last year in the Truck Series, and then just going through whole, that whole playoff experience again? What is what was the? Yeah, the... it was it was cool. Um, you know, it was just like an anything could happen deal. You know, uh, we we got in after having a flat tire and, and not a great race at Michigan. We, we slid in. Um, you know, I think in the sixth slot or something, and then we're able to, to survive, you know, Vegas with everybody having motor problems and, mm-hmm. and you know, us being down a cylinder and able to, to salvage that race, um, was big for us. And it just kind of, we just kept, kept plugging along and kept, kept working together as a team. Um, you know, obviously winning Phoenix was huge. And then, you know, we just kind of struggled a little bit at, at Homestead with the setup. We're just way too loose. And, and, uh, we were, you know, we were good on short runs, but older tires, we struggled. So, um, it was just a learning experience for Homestead, but yep. it was cool to be in that final four and, and everything that went along with that. It was, it was a lot of fun. You know, there was a lot of media and, and a lot of, um, you know, different, different stuff that, that I got to experience that was really, really cool. And then, of course, you made big news here in the off season with the the switch for Hallmark Freezing Racing. You had been partnered with Chevrolet and GMS Motorsports in recent years, but you guys are making the switch to Toyota. You got your own shop. It's been a busy off season, my friend. Just tell us what led to the decision to make the manufacturer switch and how this partnership with Toyota is going to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, probably you know just around Phoenix time. Um, you know, we we kind of had an idea that what was going to happen for, uh, you know, 2020 and not necessarily a manufacturer change, but, you know, it was just time for, for Halmar and, and Chris Larson and myself to kind of stand at our own two feet, you know, sure. least equipment from Tommy Baldwin. And, you know, we got hooked up with GMS and, you know, uh, Mike Beam and, and Maury Gallagher and everybody at GMS kind of, kind of taught us the game, you know, we mm-hmm. coming from dirt modified stuff and, and spending, you know, a career doing that, you know, it, it's been a lot to learn over the last, you know, three, four years with, with the truck series and the NASCAR stuff. And, and, you know, learning the people and, and who the players are, and, mm-hmm. you know, just just learning the whole different, you know, nuances of the sport. So, sure. Um, we're able to do that with GMS and, and you know, Chris Larson's a, a definitely an active car owner. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was time for us to stand on our own two feet. And, you know, we, um, you know, talked a lot with, with Chevrolet and a lot with Toyota, and, you know, decided to, to go with Toyota. There's a lot of engineering support that, that you know, that they offered up and uh, we're able to find a great shop in, in Statesville. Um, and, and that was it. So. About about two weeks after the season ended, uh, is when the deal really started to come together. And then, you know, Trip Bruce and the guys have been just full jam the last you know five six weeks trying to get stuff ready. Uh, the Daytona primary truck finally went on the pull down yesterday, <laughs> and uh, these guys have been working 
super hard to, to get ready. So um, we're, we're good for Daytona, and then the, the Vegas stuff will go on. Um, you know, Vegas Rock should be ready before we go to Daytona, which is which is cool because once those guys get back, it's going to be a, a long haul out to out to Vegas the following week. So a lot of great guys came with us. Um, a lot of the guys that worked with us last year on the 52 truck came, you know, uh, on board to, to start this new venture. And, you know, we're really, really appreciative of all that. I, of course, you're based in eastern New York. Uh, Jessica, your wife, she's got a business and everything, and you you know, you know, have all you know, mm-hmm. the Dirt Modify stuff, everything you do. How much time do you plan on devoting going down to the shop in Statesville, North Carolina? Um, a lot more. My uh, my frequent flyer miles, miles are definitely going up. Uh, <laughs> luckily, American flies direct from Albany to Charlotte. Nice. So, um, I've, I've been down, you know, almost once a week, every other week since, you know, since the banquet, since, um, you know, end of uh, November, mm-hmm. December, so. It's been good. It's been cool to be to be a part of that. Um, not that I can be as hands on with the truck as I am with the modified. It's, sure. You know, we have a lot of great great guys that that, that are good at their jobs. So um, I can be you know just kind of a more of a cheerleader and help trip and uh, you know navigate the the different ends of you know just billing and, and getting stuff set up with part suppliers and all that kind of stuff that goes into just starting up a race team. It's it's tough and it's it's a lot of you know a lot of emailing, a lot of legwork, and it's been um, it's been fun to do that with him and. And build this up and get you know work with our product sponsors you know fk rodents who's been a supporter of ours for years and years mm-hmm. on the on the dirt has come on board um rob schultz and his team and, and just a lot of great product sponsors have stepped up to, to help us out on the truck now which is which is really cool to, to you know blend the two worlds uh with the modified and, and the nascar stuff trip bruce your crew chief uh it seems like he's a huge part of your operation obviously being the crew chief but it seems like you guys have formed a close bond and you work really well together and it seems like absolutely. he is he is really helping you guys get off the ground with this operation yeah absolutely he's you know the crew chief and, and he's the head coach you know he um takes care of the whole operation and, and you know went through and decided which guys he wanted to hire and reached out to all those guys and, and got them from fabricators to you know, our road crew to, you know, working with the over-the-wall crew, which will be different uh, this year, too. But um, he's been, you know, instrumental. He's been a great friend. Uh, we talk <clears throat> multiple times a day mm-hmm. uh, over the last two years, and, and he's been really close. Uh, it's been cool to be close with him and, and his wife, Tanya, and his whole family. Uh, his son, Tristan, runs a Legends car. Um, his daughter, Mallory, is uh, an all-star uh, high school basketball player with, cool. with, with sights set on the WNBA. So it's nice. been really really cool to, to to just to have him as a friend mm-hmm. um he's kind of learned the the pros and cons of, of my racing and, and, <laughs> and my attitude and he can definitely you know uh talk me off the ledge uh when things start to go bad so um it's been great to, to do all this with him uh last thing before we let you go uh we know you're pretty good on the dirt and the short tracks and you, you've proved to be great at the mile and a half tracks but you're headed to daytona and uh, you're gonna be racing there friday night how do you approach super speedway racing as a guy that grew up on dirt short tracks in western new york or southern ontario it's, it's tough you know you got to have an open mind um <laughs> chevrolet had a really good program for us at talladega last year to, to just really stick together uh and work together so i'm hoping you know i can kind of work with, with some of the toyota guys you know there's some some young kids uh, Eckes and, and Lassard at, at KBM. Um, and, you know, now being in, into the, the series for four or five years, I, you know, you kind of get to know the guys. Sure. Uh, I'm really close with Matt, Matt Crafton and Johnny Sauter um, as kind of the old guy crew. So <laughs> uh, hopefully we, we can work together a little bit in the draft. Um, you know, obviously being a single-card team, we're going to have to really do some politics and then we get there and make some friends and, and, you know, just try to keep our nose clean for the first two stages and, and hopefully have some vendors left on it uh, at the end and compete for the win. 
you, you, what you said there about being the old guys, I, I always wondered how that worked for you because when you first got started, you were a rookie, but for the truck series, you're, you're kind of you were kind of an old guy right off the bat because most most of the guys you're racing against are maybe eight to ten years younger than you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's been cool. Um, you know, there's some really talented kids. You know, obviously they come with uh, all sorts of funding uh, yep. from whatever aspect, but but they're talented kids in their own right. You know, and that's what makes the truck series so exciting. You got you know, some really talented veterans and there's, there's, you know, a really deep, um, deep drivers talent pool in that. And, and guys are coming from all sorts of different, different walks of racing. Brett Moffat grew up in, in IMCA and UMP dirt modified racing in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Sheldon Creek came from, you know, trophy trucks in, in California. Um, Crafton's, uh, you know, uh, a West coast, you know, late model pavement guy, Johnny Sauter being from Wisconsin. It's, it's a neat mix. Um, of racers in the truck series. And I believe, you know, the format is cool. They're not super long races. And um, it's been really, really cool to be a, be a part of all that. Well, let you get back to work. I'm sure you're getting that dirt modified prep with some uh, racing coming up here soon at Volusia. And, of course, you got to start working on the truck Absolutely. for Friday night. Great to catch up with you, Stuart. Uh, I'd love any chance to talk to you. Hopefully see you at a racetrack sometime soon. Again, congratulations on a great 2019 and good luck this season. I'll be here Friday night with my uh, Ransomville Packer Truck 52 Truck t-shirt on cheering you on. Awesome, awesome. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, thanks to everybody for all the support, you know, in uh, Western, uh, Western New York and Southern Ontario. We appreciate it. Stuart, have a great season. Thank you for the time. Yes, thank you, Dave. Stuart Friesen, driver of the number 52 Hallmark Friesen Racing Toyota on the Gander Outdoor Truck Series. And, uh, again, looking forward to seeing him have another great run, looking to make the playoffs for a third straight season and do it with some uh, new Toyota equipment this year. We'll see how it goes. They are in action Friday night at Daytona. And then uh, for Stuart mentioned the the quick turnaround. they got to go right to Vegas for race number two. Usually out of Daytona, the Truck Series gets some time off. But, no, they're going to go right with the, the Circus to, to Vegas. Then they get a few weeks off before they head to Atlanta, Homestead, and Texas for a three-straight run in March. So a little bit earlier busy schedule for the Truck Series than in years past. Like I said, usually coming out of Daytona, there wasn't too much between like February and late March, early April. But this, this year it's a little bit uh, front-loaded on the Truck Series schedule. And, uh, of course, uh, they'll be at Eldora uh, in July 30th. They'll be at a Canadian Tire Motorsports Park Labor Day weekend, of course, too. And then they'll be part of the championship weekend in Phoenix in November. November, excuse me. <laughs> we get back. Uh, we'll take your phone calls at 803-0551-888-550. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the changes in NASCAR uh, here for the 2020 season and a lot more to come in 2021, too. We'll talk about that when we get back here on the season premiere of Fast Track on WGR. Hi, this is Kevin Harvick, driver of the Jimmy John's Ford. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. Hey, Kevin Harvick's not retiring anytime soon. This just in. Uh, act, seriously, this was breaking news yesterday. Uh, Kevin Harvick kind of casually mentioned that he's got a two-year extension with Stuart Haas Racing, which keeps him in the car through 2023, I believe. Uh, so that so Harvick, who was you know maybe the next big name to retire because of course this is Jimmy Johnson's last year in the Cup Series uh, Harvick might be the next but he's gonna stick around for another two seasons uh, after this one in with uh, Stuart Haas Racing in the number four car uh, of course uh, was one of the final four last year trying to go for another uh, Cup Series championship unfortunately he was denied by Kyle Busch as part of the three Joe Gibbs racing teams that were in the final four last year but uh, Stuart, uh, Kevin Harvick will not be retiring, at least for a couple more seasons, and stay behind the wheel. Uh, 11.33 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. It is the season premiere of WGR's Fast Track. I am Dave Buchanan. Uh, shout out to a couple uh, friends and colleagues listening down in sunny Florida this morning. Uh, Johnny Nelson, Larry Woodruff, uh, 
with the uh, Super Dirt Car Series down there. They're getting ready to, to go to work uh, later today with, uh, I believe, the World of Outlaws in action tonight, and the Super Dirt Car Big Blocks will be in action a little bit later this week. Uh, they're down there in Florida listing, so uh, say hi to those guys and look forward to working with Johnny in the tower at Ranceville Speedway every Friday night this season as he will be our race director once again uh, for the 2020 season. Uh, again, 803-0551, If What are you looking forward to in the 2020 racing season? It could be in NASCAR. It could be in local racing. It could be in the NHRA. And the NHRA, as I said, in action this weekend there at uh, Pomona for the Winter Nationals. And, of course, uh, they made some big changes to their uh, playoff structure for this season. And it's a little weird, but... Uh, they do the uh, the countdown to the championship, kind of like NASCAR's uh, playoff system. And you, it used to be they take the top ten in points and you know re- do the reset to to decide their champion. And uh, they've changed the qualifying for and you ca- to to qualify for the playoffs now in NHRA. And you can still finish in the top ten in points, but now all you got to do is show up to every race, and you've guaranteed your spot in the in the postseason for NHRA. You've got to attempt to qualify at least two rounds of every uh, national event on your schedule, whether it's in uh, Nitro Funny Car, Top Fuel, Pro Stock, Pro Stock Motorcycle. Um, just show up and attempt to qualify and you, at every race, and you can make the playoffs. And it's kind of like, really? That, that, that's the the level we need to, to make the playoffs in NHRA, but uh, they have struggled with car counts and trying to keep more teams uh, to show up to all of their national series events. Uh, if you'd use last year's uh, results uh, it, for top fuel and funny car, it would have, it would have added only two more teams uh, to the playoff field out of the 10. They would have had 12 cars in each uh, class to run for the NHRA playoffs, but uh, still interesting, you know, especially those people that hate participation trophies, uh, you know, Something they're not going to like to hear, but so it's interesting to say the least. But uh, NHRA trying to do what they can to up their uh, car count at their national events. Uh, for this opening event, the top qualifiers, Jed Coughlin Jr., uh, will be the top qualifier in Pro Stock, and he also announced this will be his final year in Pro Stock before retiring. Uh, Matt Hagen is the number one qualifier in Funny Car, and Brittany Force is the top qualifier in Top Fuel Dragster. So uh, that'll be uh, on Fox Sports One uh, this weekend and uh, today, later today. I know they've had a little bit of rain there in Pomona, but they are hoping to start elimination soon. Again, 803-0551-888-550-2550. But again, a lot of the changes in NASCAR for this season. Uh, this is kind of a transitional, almost lame duck year, unfortunately, for the Cup Series because, of course, we're getting the next-gen car next year for 2021. NASCAR has already been few on-track tests, and they've got some more tests scheduled and getting away from this Gen 6 car, which has had its ups and downs in its existence and uh you know the different aero packages they've tried over the last couple of years and while for the super speedways and mile and a half tracks the aero package will be the same as last year uh nascar has already announced that for the short tracks and road courses they'll go back to the 2018 rules because the uh, racing on the short tracks and road courses uh did a little bit lack in excitement at times because of the aero rules that were instituted last year just so try to up the level of excitement and passing and everything. Uh, They're going back to the 2018 rules. Obviously, the race at Watkins Glen is one that stands out where that race might have been a little bit more exciting if Martin Shurix could have caught Chase Elliott, but it seemed like he could not reel him in no matter how hard he tried last year there at the Glen as Chase Elliott won for a second straight year at the Glen. 
So 2021 is going to be a lot different in the sport with a new car and a totally different schedule. Apparently, they're eyeing some major schedule changes for next year, which hopefully we'll find those out, I believe, in March or April. NASCAR has kind of set their own deadline to get next year's schedule out. And it'll be interesting to see what the Premier Series schedules look like for 2021. We've already had a few changes for this year, of course, with you know Phoenix being the, the championship race and a couple other races getting moved around, including the second race at Daytona, which is now you know, going to be part of the uh, end of the regular season, moved away from July 4th weekend. Indianapolis will now be the July 4th weekend race. You've got the two-week break because of the Olympics, which has pushed Watkins Glen back. So there's already a lot of changes for this year, and there's going to be more schedule changes uh, for 2021. So again, it's kind of, I guess, lame duck's not the best way to describe it, but just, you know, a lot of what happens this year will just kind of go in the history books, and it's going to be a, a possibly very different sport in 2021. Regardless, though, a lot of teams making changes to prepare for 2020. I talked about a couple of the driver changes. The crew chief changes, though, were is the big story of the offseason. A lot of teams switching crew chiefs. Most notably, Martin Truex Jr.'s team, the 19 team with Joe Gibbs Racing, who, uh, of course, won the championship a couple of years ago when they were part of Furniture Row Racing. When Furniture Row shut down, they they got swallowed up by JGR. And uh, Truex and Cole Perrin, who, of course, is from uh, nearby Ontario, uh, were uh, uh, one of the best crew chief driver pairings in the sport. And out of the blue last year, Cole Pern uh, announcing that he's retiring from NASCAR. Um, him and his family are moving to Western Canada. Uh, again, Cole is originally from Canada, raced at the short tracks in Ontario. And uh, he and his family, are I think they bought it, seriously bought like a ski resort or something, or they're running a ski resort in Western Canada. As a Cole, um, who's a very bright guy, um, wasn't a big fan of living uh, down there in North Carolina, uh, being from uh, Canada originally. Just ha- he and his family just having a hard time acclimating to living in the southern eastern United States for s- some obvious reasons and have decided to uh, step away from the sport and begin life anew in western Canada. Of course, when he was with Furniture Row, they were based out of Colorado, so living in the Denver area in Ontario is a little more similar than Ontario to North Carolina, I guess. So Cole uh, announcing his retirement, that has put the Martin Truex team in a hole. They hired James Small to be their new crew chief. Over at Penske Racing, they did the uh, crew chief musical chairs, and everybody wound up with a new driver. Uh, Todd Gordon, who was with Joey Logano for his championship run in 2018, he will be Ryan Blaney's new crew chief. Brad Keselowski gets Jeremy Bullens, who was Blaney's crew chief, and Keselowski's crew chief, Paul Wolfe, uh, who's also from New York State, he will be partnered up with Logano for this season. And uh, each crew chief took their crew with them to their new car. So uh, Todd Gordon and the 22 team are now the 12 team with Ryan Blaney this year, uh, as an example. So that'll be interesting how the Penske organization works out. And kind of surprising because while they didn't make the championship four last year, they're still maybe the number two or number three team in the sport behind JGR, but a, a major swap there. Uh, for Penske's organization. Stuart Haas Racing also had a few crew chief changes. Uh, Mike Bugarevich, who's worked with Denny Hamlin, among others recently, uh, will be crew chiefing for Eric Almarola. Johnny Klossmeyer is the new crew chief over at Clint Boyer. And Cole Custer, who we talked about moving up from the Xfinity Series, he brings his crew chief, Mike Shiplett, with him uh, up to the uh, Cup Series. Um, Richard Childress Racing, again, we talked about uh, Tyler Reddick moving up and... uh, Again, uh, Reddick bringing uh, most of his Xfinity team with him as well, including crew chief uh, Justin Alexander. But just a, a number of crew chief changes. Uh, Daryl Wallace has a new one, and, and Jerry Baxter. Uh, Christopher Bell bringing Jason Ratcliffe with him from the Xfinity series. 
And then uh, one other driver change that I forgot to mention is over between JTG Doherty Racing and Roush Racing, Roush Fenway Racing, and that is the swap between Ricky Stenhouse and Chris Busher, which was kind of a weird thing. Another one that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Chris Busher, who had been driving for JTG Doherty over the last few years and doing pretty well, having some good runs with that 37 team, was still under contract with Roush Fenway. He was kind of on loan to JTG. And uh, Roush, late last year, you know, called in and said, hey, we want our guy back uh, and uh, has tabbed Chris to take over the 17 car for Ricky Stenhouse. And uh, Luke Lambert's going to be uh, Luke. Uh, yeah, sorry. Luke Lambert's the crew chief for the 17 car this year for Busher, which is the old Stenhouse ride. Stenhouse, wound, it wound up being a trade because Stenhouse winds up at JTG Doherty Racing and Brian Patty's going to be his crew chief, a veteran uh, man behind the pit box in the Cup Series. And JTG actually are swapping teams uh, because their second driver, uh, modified standout Ryan Priest, who we've had on the program here in the past, he was in the 47 car last year for his rookie year in the Cup Series. Priest moves over to the 37 team, vacated by Busher, and Stenhouse will actually pilot the 47 car this year for JTG Doherty Racing. So again, a lot of new faces and places uh, for the Cup Series between crew chiefs and drivers for next year. Uh, but again, the, the exciting ones are the trio of rookies moving up from the Xfinity Series and then DiBedadetto with the, the 21 team. Those will all be interesting to see how those play out. Although I'm hopeful for Ryan Priest. Ryan uh, had a, a decent year for a rookie guy moving up from the Modifieds and a few uh, Xfinity Series starts. Um, you know, moving up into the Cup Series last year, had an okay season, finished, I think it was like 26th in points last year. And uh, I don't think he, uh, Daniel Hemrick beat him out for the Rookie of the Year honors, I believe. Um, but Ryan now with that 37 team, which has performed well, and I think just guessing that they might be the, you know, the the 1A team over at JTG and the 47 might be the 1B team over there. Uh, you know, they they had some good runs last season with Chris, especially in some of the restrictor plate races. So with Ryan, with the 37 team, and a full year of just driving the Cup Series under his belt, hoping for some big things for Ryan uh, to maybe step up this year uh, and contend for some good top 10, top 5 runs, and maybe even, you know, sneak into a win this season. That would be great. Or at least contend, you know, for one of those playoff positions, you know, maybe er sneak his way into the postseason on points this year. Um, if they have a good run this year with the uh, the JTG Doherty racing team. Because looking at last year's playoff field, it's going to be hard to bump your way in, I think. Uh, if you're looking at drivers that made the playoffs last year versus drivers that didn't make the playoffs last year, I, it's hard to find guys that you could say, yeah, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna be back in the playoffs if he missed last year. There's the the top sixteen from last year, pretty stout, and uh, that level of drop off once you get outside that top sixteen really is gonna be, you know, hard to to bust your way. And the one obvious name, though, of course, that did make the playoffs last year, Jimmy Johnson. It'll be interesting to see what kind of year Jimmy has here in his final year in the Cup Series. Uh, he's retiring from at least full-time racing, of course, full-time NASCAR racing, but I don't think it'll be the, you know, when we go to Phoenix in November, I don't think it'll be the last time you ever see Jimmy Johnson behind the wheel of a race car. It'll be fun to see what he chooses to do in his post-NASCAR career. You know, is he going to do some sports car racing, run Le Mans? Is he going to attempt to the Indy 500? Uh, I think you know anything is possible with Jimmy Johnson once he goes uh, into retirement from uh, the NASCAR world, at least. And uh, I hope he has a great year. As much as I didn't like the years he dominated the sport, you know, obviously respect his talent. He's a he's got a great personality, a great ambassador for the sport, and you know I hope he contends this year. I really hope, uh, you know, 
the 48 team makes the playoffs, wins some races, and heck, maybe can he go out with an eighth championship? I know it's a stretch, maybe considering the level of performance they had last year, but I think it'd be fun for at least him to go to Phoenix in November and have a chance to win an eighth championship, break that you know, record that he shares with Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt for most career cup championships. I think it'd be fun to see him go out uh, with an eighth title, but it will be a tall task. Although the thing that the Chevy teams like his Hendrick Motorsports operation have going for them this year is some new body work for the Chevy Camaro. It's the LE1 package, I believe they're calling it, with a new nose and a new tailpiece. And that's definitely going to help them here during speed weeks because the way the body shape is, it'll be better for pushing in the draft. And we'll see if it helps their aero package all around uh, this year for all the Chevy teams. And uh, it'd be great for him to, again, get back to victory lane, get back in the postseason, and just be more relevant than he was last year because it was a disappointing year for Jimmy Johnson in the 48 team and the first year without Chad Kanaus last year, and they had the crew chief change in the middle of the season of everything. Uh, it was definitely an interesting year uh, for the 48 team. Uh, we get back. We're going to wrap up this season premiere of Fast Track, 803-0550, Still time to take your phone calls on what you're looking forward to to this season in the world of racing in 2020. When we get back, plus we're going to have a special guest, I think, uh, chime in as well, too, when we get back here on Fast Track on WGR. 11.52 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Dave Buchanan wrapping up this season premiere of WGR's Fast Track. By the way, our WGR Fast Track Fantasy League is up and running once again for you fantasy NASCAR players. Uh, if you've played in years past, all you got to do is sign in. I've, same league, and you're you're already joined up. You just got to log back into your account, and you'll be ready to go for the season. If you've never played before, we play over at drivergroupgame.com, drivergroupgame.com. Uh, sign up. And then just search under private leagues for WGR Fast Track. And the uh, password is WGR550, uh, all lowercase there, WGR550. Uh, I've got that pinned at the top of my Twitter profile at Fast Track 550 and also pinned to the top of our WGR Fast Track Facebook page if you want to play along this season. And uh, congrats to our 2019 champion, Rich Warden, on uh, winning the Fast Track Fantasy League Championship last season. Hey, it's a busy day. On top of... We've got Daytona pole qualifying at noon. We've got the Bush Clash at 3 o'clock. On top of that, at the same time, we've got Sabres and Ducks, which you'll hear on WGR Sports Radio 550. My friend Brian Koziel has pregame coming up at 2 o'clock this afternoon. And then at the other end of your radio dial, over at ESPN 1520 at 2.30, you can hear my friend John Gertler, who has Bandits pregame, as the Bandits are in Toronto today, taking on the Toronto Rock at 3 o'clock this afternoon. And in fact, we go up to the six, and joining me on the line is the voice of the Bandits, my good friend John Gertler. Gertz, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Dave, how are you? Good. I figure since I was on the air, and I, I miss talking to you. I figure I'd just have you on. It's my show. Uh, how about that win by the Bandits Friday night in Vancouver? The offense on fire, and they win 15-8 to against the Warriors on Friday night. Yeah, convincing victory for the offense. It just gets prettier and prettier every game with these talented players in the forwards. But more importantly... I think step-by-step uh, step for the Bandits on the work in progress for the defense. They knew things were falling apart a little bit in the first half of the Vancouver game, so they immediately had a meeting at halftime with all of the defensive players and just wanted to go over step-by-step step to reiterate the responsibilities of the defense. And I think they came out in the second half and you know displayed that, and the end result was the largest margin of victory for the Bandits so far this season and convincing from the fashion of allowing the defense and the goaltending to relax a little bit. 
and even more so for the coaching staff to say, okay, Matt Vince, you've played 52 minutes. We've got to get Doug Bucket in there for eight, let him do his thing, and he stopped all five shots. So pretty good for the boys. And the defense did it without Steve Priolo and Nick Weiss, who were both uh, on IR for the game Friday night. John, any chance either uh, the captain or Weiser gets back in the lineup for today in Toronto? I saw both of them this morning here at the hotel. Uh, there was an all-call by the uh, Bandits organization to make sure every player attended uh, this morning's meetings and uh, had a chance to talk with Steve Priolo, and he's feeling better, uh, not ready yet, and Nick Weiss the same way feeling better but not ready yet so they will definitely be out of the lineup for this afternoon against the rock i would suspect that uh marcus Makiella would stay back in he certainly didn't uh, um you know show any ill remarks of being a defenseman Just sure too many mistakes because nobody said anything about him but i thought he played quite well and then jp keely has stepped in uh, as a part of the transition team and offense as well and brett noseworthy will go back on defense or that is my take. Now, we, we have two available players in Quinn Palace and Dallas Bridal. Sure. Who will get the chance today remains to be seen. I, I don't know what the coaching staff's thoughts are. They're currently going through the video of Friday night's game and evaluating the personnel. And um, You know how important this game is, being in the Northern Division uh, battle and the chance to uh, win the series, but more importantly for the Bandits to take first place overall mm-hmm. of the Northern Division and first place overall in the league. So, yeah, there's a lot at stake here this afternoon. Well, you have a fun day up there in Toronto, my friend. Have a good call. Be listening on ESPN 1520, watching on BR Live, and I will uh, see you next Saturday when we're back home against the Wings. Look forward to it, Dave. Thanks. All right, have fun. John Gertler, the voice of the Bandits, my broadcast partner for all the home games, and uh, looking forward to today's game this afternoon. Plus, they play uh, this coming Saturday back at home against the Philadelphia Wings uh, this coming Saturday at 7 o'clock. So, I know, racing show, but with uh, the the Bandits in action, I thought I'd get Johnny on and check in with him as well, too, get those injury updates. So, that's going on. So, again, I'll be, I don't know, three screens, multiple devices, I'll be all all fired up with everything going on today. So I hope you have a great day, too. Enjoy poll qualifying, which is coming up in minutes, and enjoy the Bush class this afternoon. Feel free to interact on social media during the festivities today at Fast Track 550 on Twitter. We'll be back next Sunday with the Daytona 500 pre-race show, pretty much. We'll be on from 11 to noon, and the Daytona 500 next Sunday. The Super Bowl of Stock Car Racing, the Great American Race, will be uh, next Sunday at 2.30. So looking forward to talking to you then. We'll be back next Sunday at 11, and every Sunday after that from now until Labor Day. Uh, Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week here on Fast Track on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.